A Merry Christmas to all of you who are at 155 Fairway Drive. Merry Christmas to those who are watching from home, your respective home uh, through live streaming. And a Merry Christmas to those who are watching the recorded sermon, recorded worship later on. It is so good that we can come together to celebrate Christmas, uh, even though it is in the midst of COVID-19, but we want the message to go out. We want the celebration to go on. And you're welcome to find any location uh, that is comfortable, whether in your car or in the courtyard or uh, standing behind the shade so that we can come together to listen to this very important message that I want to share with you this morning. Uh, this year, many Christians, as you go through this Christmas season, this Advent season, probably most of you have these questions going through your minds, like, how do we celebrate Christmas in the midst of COVID-19 pandemic? What is there to celebrate? You know, most pastors like me have been thinking and wondering, what should I preach on Christmas worship in the midst of COVID-19. It is hard to preach a message of hope, a message of celebration during this time. I've been thinking for this message for a few weeks, and I think the Lord led me to preach on the shepherds. You see, of all the biblical characters surrounding the Advent season this year, the shepherds do not belong to the inner circle. They are in the periphery of the actions. Now consider some key players of the Advent season. The Magi, the wise men, they are resourceful enough to travel a long distance to come to visit, to pay a respect to Jesus, and they can give gifts, and they can even see and pay homage to uh, the great uh, the King Herod. Simeon, a Simeon is a devout and righteous man, respected elderly statesman in the community. Anna, well, Anna, she's a prophetess who lived in a temple. She's of another class. Joseph and Mary, of course, Joseph and Mary is the center of, of everything, of Jesus' birth. And they are like a host family for the Savior. But the shepherd, the shepherds are in the periphery. The shepherds are on the sideline. You know, I think this year, I picked the shepherd's story because I think we can identify with the shepherds much better this year than before. And like the shepherds, we feel that everything is squeezed out of its original place to the outskirt, to the sideline, to the periphery. It is like the COVID-19 forces us to play the musical chairs. When the music begins and everybody stands up, and begin to go in circle, and when the music stops, everybody scrambling and fighting for a seat and sit down, and it is a different seat. It's a different outlook, different perspective, and, and just before you get familiar to that new seat, new position, new chair, the music starts again, and you stand up and begin to circle those chairs and waiting for the music to stop and fight for another seat that you can settle down. And before you settle down and get used to it, the music starts again. That's how many of us feel through this COVID-19. Spiking, flattening, bending the curve, spiking, flattening, bending the curve. And that's a season where everybody's hunkering down, improvise, be flexible, make do with whatever we have. And yet in the midst of all this marginalization, Push to the sideline. There are surprises. 
And I believe the shepherds can teach us some surprises today as we share this passage with you in Luke chapter 2, beginning verse 8. The first surprise is we are surprised by fear. Verses 8 to 10. It says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in a field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. In the same region, in the region of Bethlehem, where Jesus was born and was put in the manger, they were at least inside the city. But in the same region, Bethlehem region, the shepherds were in the outskirt of the region. They were out in the field, the Bible says. And they were watching the flocks by night. The shepherds were nameless. Apparently, they are not important to be mentioned by names. They were important to be mentioned by a group, the marginalized. And they were considered unclean. You see, day in and day out, they, they are in close contact with dirty and smelly sheep and tending, tending to them, uh, touching their bloods and from their cuts and scraps and tending to their wounds and clean up the manure and things like that. They will make them unclean. So shepherds were not able to worship together in the temple with God's people and they will be outsiders. They do not expect to be included in the Christmas narratives if only by God's grace. Now, though they were away from all the actions of the Advent season, but they were never away from God's attention. You see, it is a reminder that, that Jesus came to seek His own. He seek those from all social status and educational backgrounds and ethnicity and languages. And of course, they were surprised by the angelic visit. They didn't expect that. And they responded, the Bible says, with great fear. Wow, what is that? Light, angel, not expected. You know, if there's one emotion that we all felt and still feel today in the midst of this COVID-19 for the past nine months, the common emotion is fear. Fear of being infected. Fear that we might pass that virus to our loved ones, our family members who are vulnerable, like the elderly or the children. And others, fear of job loss and fear of isolation is not a good feeling. Fear of death. Man, death is real. Globally, 76 millions have been infected. Close to 1.7 million have died. U.S. alone, our country alone, 18 million infected. 320,000 died. It is real. Death is real. And for many of us who are still going through this COVID-19 and press on every day by faith, one of the most difficult emotions to deal with is the fear of unknown. Because it is unknown. The future is unknown. We don't know when it is going to pass. We don't know how effective the vaccine is. Because it is unknown, you tend to fill in the blank. And usually you fill in the blank with the worst case scenario, right? 
You think of the worst case scenario and you get anxious and you wonder how long it is going to pass us. And the angel assured the shepherds, fear not. What a welcoming assurance. Fear not. You know, someone as a sister who is taking care of her daughter and her mother who has lung cancer and asked her to express her feelings going through this COVID-19. And she said, my faith feels so blind. And I feel that I am holding on to all I got. I can see all of my insecurities really, really well. I can see all of my desperations and with everything with COVID-19 and my mother's health, the fear was so deep. I feel very desperate for the hope and comfort I have in Christ. That's all that I can hold on to. And many of you can identify with that. Fear. What surprises can fear bring us? I think two things that can be reminded through fear. One, it forces us to confront the issue of eternity. We begin to ask the question, is there life after death? If there is, would I be seeing my creator? Will I be judged? On what basis will I be judged? Can I pass that test? Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 to 15, Jesus came that through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death, and that is the devil. And deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Now, if the worst fear, fear of death, has been taken away through the death of Jesus Christ on our behalf, then surely God doesn't want us to fear the lesser things in life like job insecurity, fear of infection, fear of isolation, fear of unknown. Secondly, the fear surprises because it teaches us to learn how to deal with the fear of unknown with what we already know. What we already know is sufficient to give us the confidence to face what we don't know for a while. What we know is that in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. That we know. We know that Jesus said in Matthew 6, 25, Do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall wear. Do not be anxious. That we know, he said. We know that in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Cast all your anxiety to God, all of them to God, because He cares for you. Even in the midst of COVID-19, He cares for you. That we know. We know that in Psalm 27, verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And the answer is no one. The Lord is my stronghold of my life. 
Of whom shall I be afraid? And the answer is no one. That's what we know. And we also know that in John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And now Jesus is identifying himself with the shepherd who came to visit him when he was being put in a manger. And Jesus said, I am like a shepherd, but I am a good shepherd. You know what? I will die for my sheep. Thank God for the assurance. What we know is sufficient to give us the confidence to face what is unknown, and it will still be a while. Surprised by fear. Secondly, surprised by joy. Again, verse 10, the second part, all the way to verse 13. Verse 12. For behold, I will bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in a swaddling cloth lying in the manger. There is joy. There is fear, but there is also joy. The angelic proclamation, good news of great joy. It's a double joy. That it is a good news, and the good news is going to bring peace and to bring joy to you because a Savior is born, the Messiah that you have been waiting for has finally come. And there will be a sign. Oh, a sign. A sign is what we need today. Where can we find help? Give me a sign. And the angel gave the shepherds a sign. You see, the Magi, the wise men, followed the star that led them to the place that that can worship the baby Jesus. Simeons and Anna, they were able to study the prophecies in the Old Testament scriptures and understand that the Messiah is about to come. The shepherds, the uneducated individuals who want to seek the Savior and look for Jesus, they need a sign, a clear sign. And they cannot miss the sign when it is a manger. It is something familiar it is right into their territory how could they miss a manger when that manger is a place where they feed the animal where they place the animal to rest they know that place well and the sign is given to them so that they will find baby in a manger see jesus came to our turf to our territory he visited us. He incarnated and lived among us. He made himself available to us so that we can find him. You can't miss him. His church, his disciples, his revelation in the scriptures is all available to us. You can't miss him today. And I hope that you will find him and let yourself be found by him. And before you even find him, he found you. He found you. He sought you. Joy. What surprises joy brings to us today? Well, the joy of his second coming. And today, as we continue to pay attention to the sign, it is not the sign of the birth of Jesus, a baby in a manger. It's not there anymore. Jesus has grown up, preached the message of the kingdom of God, gave himself to be crucified, 
died, buried. On the third day, he resurrected, ascended to the heavenly place, and he will come again. The sign that we are looking today is when is he coming again? And many of you remember in Matthew 24, spell out the signs of his second coming. That includes warfares and conflicts, lawlessness and calamities, false prophets, rumors and natural disasters like famine and earthquakes. When you see this, Jesus said, you know the Son of Man is coming soon. Today we continue to look for a sign. But the sign is the second coming of Jesus. The second surprise is in the midst of joy that there is joy despite COVID-19. Not after COVID-19, but despite COVID-19, in the midst of COVID-19, there is joy. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Paul says, Rejoice always, and again I say, rejoice. I will rejoice. Always. Yes but not the simplistic joy that we are so familiar with, the emotional upsurge of euphoria that is incited by environment, by gifts, by compliments, by things that you like. It's more than that. It is the joy that comes with tears of grief and pains, but still joyful. You know, when we attend the memorial services of our church members and your loved ones in the midst of COVID-19, we grieve with you. But with the hope of resurrection and the joy of reunion with our loved ones in Christ, someday we find joy in the midst of tears. We feel sad that isolation has caused emotional turmoil in some of you and but we rejoice together because the great shepherd has never deserted you. And when you lean on him, his staff and his rod comforted you and brought you through the emotional turmoil. Joy in the midst of emotional turmoil, in the midst of tears, and in the midst of grief. That's the joy that we are talking about, that we can still rejoice despite COVID-19. Someone asked Rahaf, who works as a private chef while she was in the food industry, food and drinks, food and beverages industry, before COVID-19, then when COVID-19 hit, restaurant closed down, she lost her job, and now she works as a private chef. And, and this Christian magazine asked her, how do you, how do you feel? What, what was it like as you go through COVID-19? She said, honestly, at first, I was very stressed about that. I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know what was going to happen with my job. I didn't know what was going to happen with my health. But my church reached out to me. Every couple of weeks or so, they asked me, how am I doing and what do I need to pray for? I told them about my anxiety. And it reminded me that at the end of all this, God wins. God wins. 
joy in the midst of anxiety and fear. Joy. Do you have that? And thirdly, not only we have surprises from fear and joy, but thirdly, we have surprises from peace. In verses 13 and 14, it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. A praise song, a, a worship praise song broke out that night when the angel proclaimed the good news of Jesus coming into the world and gave the sign for the shepherds to look for the, the Savior. And they ended that proclamation with praises in the heavenly place, chorus, choirs, echo in the universe of the good news of God's redemption work is, to, is to, to happen soon, very, very soon. The angels ascribe glory to God in heaven where God dwells because God reveals His glory by sending His Son. And through His Son, He reveals He loves us. And of course, it is appropriate to ascribe God praises to Him. But the effect of Jesus coming on humankind is peace. And that peace, of course, includes God's blessing. It's more than just secession of, of uh, hostility, but blessings of God. But peace for whom? He says, peace among those with whom he is pleased. The peace is not for everyone. The peace is for a certain group of people with whom God is pleased. Who is that group? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and He rewards those who seek Him. So Christmas does not bring peace to all. Only to those who trusted in Jesus for forgiveness of sins, for reconciliation with God the Father, and the privilege to be children of God shall experience peace. Do you have peace? Are you at peace with God? Are you reconciled with God the Father through Jesus Christ? Salvation on the cross. There are surprises that priests can peace can bring us today. First of all, it, it's peace despite COVID-19. <laughs> Just like joy. Peace despite COVID-19. In the midst of COVID-19, we experience God's peace. He strength, his, his strength, His grace is sufficient to carry us through COVID-19 because our eternity is secure in Jesus Christ. John chapter 14, verse 16, he said, Jesus says, Peace I live with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Peace, despite COVID-19, because we are secure in Christ. Secondly, it is a peace that surpasses all understanding. 
And you remember in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen to that. You know, as pastors, as we lead the church through the COVID-19, and we're still in the midst of COVID-19, we have to make decisions after decisions to make sure that our church is still doing what God wants us to do and pleases God. You know, there, there is not enough human understanding for us to be decisive. There is not enough past experiences for us to base on that we can make good decisions. There, there's not enough foresight that we can see what might be coming so that we can make good decisions. No. It was the peace that surpasses all understanding from the Holy Spirit that guided the hearts and minds of the pastors together in Christ Jesus and said, this is the right thing to do. This is the God thing to do. This will please God. Let's do it. And we experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. David Zach is a Christian singer. Someone asked him, well, all the performances, all the concerts are off. How do you feel? How do you get through COVID-19? He said, I know that the king of the universe, our Lord Jesus, exists in close proximity with sorrow. The man of sorrows who is acquainted with grief, that's Jesus Christ. You know, it's, it's kind of a, a paradox, he said. I feel the absence of goodness, the absence of truth during this period of time. And yet, at the same time, I know with confidence when I am quiet, when I listen to all that still and quiet melody of the Creator inside me, that there is purpose through all of this. There must be a purpose through all of this. And that's what I believe. Peace that surpasses all understanding reigns in our hearts and mind, guiding us to do what is right that pleases God and to press on by faith. Do you have that? Is that peace reigning in your hearts, even in the midst of COVID-19? And finally, you're surprised by proclamation. Verses 15 to 20. He says, When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see the things that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby laying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard, all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. 
Shepherding is not an eight to five job. It is a 24 7, 365 job. It is a lifestyle. When you are a shepherd, you are always a shepherd. The welfare, health, livelihood, future of the sheep depend on you. And in their search for the baby in the manger, I think the shepherds all went together, sheep and all. They all went. It has to be that way. They cannot forsake and desert their sheep to, to search for the Savior. It has to go together. And they were proclaiming the good news of Jesus born in a manger, and he will grow up to be the Savior of the world. You see, when you encounter wonders, you tend to pass on wonders. When you encounter anxiety, you tend to spread anxiety. And what the Lord has made known through the prophets to the shepherd in verse 15 is being spread by the shepherds and to be made known to others. See, they started with the message. They heard of the message, but it was confirmed with what they have seen. Now that it is confirmed, they want to spread that news to people around them, through their networks, through their neighborhood. Because the, the angel said that good news is for all the people. You know, one thing I'm impressed with the shepherd is that they took it literally. They took it literally. And maybe that's what we need today, to take the gospel message literally, taking Jesus' word literally as it was intended. Instead of looking for exceptions, instead of attempting to contextualize in the 21st century Southern California context, well, it may not apply to us and become very creative in the way we deal with God's word. And looking for principles that will apply to the middle-class lifestyle, suburban setting in the outskirts of Los Angeles. Maybe we need to take heart the portion of the Great Commission that says, teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And maybe we need to take what God commanded and say, I will, I will. And take it literally, as the shepherd did. Two surprises I want to share with you about proclamation. One, Jesus asked us to be his witnesses, just like the shepherds. They have heard, they have seen, and they share. A witness is someone who have heard, who have seen, and share. As Luke 2, chapter 2, verse 17 says, the shepherd make known the saying that has been told them concerning the child. This is the expectation of you and me today. That no, you don't need to go through a seminary to do that. That no, you don't need to go to a special class or workshops to do that, even though the workshops and the seminary really help you as well and help you to be more specific and more concise. But you don't really need that to be a witness. You just tell the story. Because all of you who are here, who have Jesus in your heart, 
you have a story to tell. You have a gospel story to tell. And all he asks, tell that story. <laughs> tell that story. That is witnessing. Tell the story of Jesus. And secondly, I just want to reaffirm that. Tell the Christmas story one more time. One more time. Every year when we come together to celebrate the Christmas worship, we are telling that story one more time. And when you get together with a family to celebrate Christmas for their, for their family dinner, and you read that scriptures, you are telling the story one more time. And this Lottie Moon Christmas offering is sending 3,760 plus missionaries from the Southern Baptist Convention to over 100 countries, and they are doing it right now. They are telling the Christmas story one more time. Tell that one more time, people. Tell it one more time. Not the Santa Claus. This year, Santa Claus is replaced by COVID-19. You don't see that cultural main character of Christmas as much this year. Not Santa Claus. Not Silver Bell or Jingle Bell. Not I'll Be Home for Christmas. Those are wonderful cultural Christmas celebrations. But the gospel message from the angel to Joseph that Mary will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. Share that message. And that gospel message will take us from Christmas to Good Friday where he was crucified and buried and died and to Easter Sunday where he rose again and it points to the cross of Jesus. Tell that story. One more time. Tell it one more time. The birth of Jesus truly penetrates our messiness today and bring hope for 2021 and beyond. And even as we celebrate Christmas and, and look forward in a week or so to 2021, the, the gospel message, the birth of Christ, penetrates our messiness and brings us hope to 2021 and beyond. And as we face 2021, let me end the message by reminding you three things. First of all, expect more surprises. In 2021, expect more surprises. Some will be pleasant, some will be unpleasant, but whether pleasant or unpleasant, God reigns. God reigns. Celeste is a critical care nurse. And when she was asked to reflect on the COVID-19 and how she felt as a Christian working in that very tense an anxious place. She said, I have witnessed my colleagues and their family members fall ill to this virus, require hospitalization, and even die. I have fear for the safety of my family. I have held the hand of patients actively dying alone. 
I have found God's presence to be an anchor, she said. I have found peace and confidence not in the absence of danger and threat, but in knowing that I am not alone. Why? Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Expect more surprises. But whether pleasant or unpleasant, God reigns. Emmanuel, God with us. Secondly, as we face 2021, look for something good coming out of the COVID-19. As Christians, when we believe God reigns, we believe He has a purpose for all the happenings in our lives. And there must be a, a lesson, there must be an intention that He has for me. And what is that? Look for that, people. Look for that. Nathan. Nathan is a communication manager who lives alone. She works online and trying to manage herself himself. He said, one of the most beautiful things about this difficult season is how it has made me appreciate the relationships in my life more. I have actually grown closer to some of my extended family and friends. And often that interaction was merely over the phone. But it clarifies how important and precious the people in my life are. Everyone is a gift, a little piece of God's image. That's His grace that He discovered through this COVID-19. Where is God's goodness in your COVID-19 experience? Look for that. There must be something there. And finally, my third advice for you as we face 2021, lean on new strength for the new year. Lean on new strength for the new year. Recently, I read about Maria Goff. She and her husband went to Middle East, Africa, Asia, built schools to educate the marginalized children. And she wrote this book called Love Lives Here. And she shared this experience of one time her house was burnt to the ground. And she shared that the intensity of the fire even destroyed the foundations. And that takes a lot of heat. She said, but you know what? I I'm kind of glad it did. <laughs> If there were even one old charred beam still standing after the fire, and with my personality, she said, I'll be tempted to use it to rebuild my house. There is no reason to try to rebuild with rotten wood. There is no reason you try to rebuild a new house with rotten wood. Don't do that. So she said, it's a blessing. Everything burns down. I have to start all over again from scratch. Otherwise, I'll be tempted to use rotten wood to build a new house. You know, as we face this new year, seek, ask God for new strength for the new season. It will not be the same anymore after COVID-19. It's like it will not be the same anymore for travelers. 
after 9-11. Everything changed. And you need new strength for the days ahead. Not just depending on the previous spiritual disciplines as if it is sufficient. Not, not continue to grow and continue to press on as a religious consumer. And just feed on what you want and not surrendering yourself to Jesus and to be his disciples. You will not last long. Not treating God as a vending machine because there's nothing in the machine anymore. You can put in four quarters, Coke will not come out, Sprite will not come out. It's not the same anymore. Controlling and manipulating God to serve your own agenda will not carry you forward post-COVID-19. And for some of you, if worship is only a weekend activity, and because you need to support your wife and your children, and you want to bring them to church because church is good for them, you won't last long. You can't go on like that in a post-COVID-19 environment. And for some of you still outsource your spiritual life to your pastors or to YouTube preachers, you need to start digging diligently into God's Word and prayer and build that spiritual foundation for yourself so that you can face 2021 and journey strong with Jesus. You and I, we need new strength. And that's why the book of Lamentation is so important as we wrap up the year and face a new year in 2021. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We need new love, new mercies, and new faithfulness of God every morning for 2021. Not rotten wood for the new house, but new strength for the new year. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, I pray that this Christmas message will awaken many hearts. I pray that this Christmas message will shake us up, stir us up to be a vibrant church of disciple makers. I pray that, Lord, this message will wake us up to live authentically, to love passionately, and to give generously and to go courageously and to be the church you want us to be. Oh Lord, I pray that you will awaken us that in 2021 you will not be the same anymore and we need new strength from God and you are readily giving that to us when we ask you. Fill us with your new strength so that we can pick us up again and start walking for Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.